The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. Well, good morning. If you would, take your Bibles and turn with me today to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 10. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Deuteronomy, chapter 10. My challenge today is not, God wants you to work in a camp ministry this summer. Uh, Though that may very well be what God wants you to do, and we certainly would invite you to do that. I appreciate all of the young people and our staff and the work that they did this past summer. Many of them are able to be with me here on the platform today, and I appreciate so much their service for the Lord this past summer. Today, what I'd like to speak to you about for a few minutes is a question, what does God want from me? What does God want from me? And we're in Deuteronomy chapter number 10, and we're looking at two verses specifically this morning, Deuteronomy 10, verses 12 and 13. The Bible says, Deuteronomy 10, verse 12, And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. Father, my prayer would be that as we look to your word here for a few moments, that you would help us to see something that you have specifically for us. May our hearts be open, and we praise you that you loved us so much that you have given us direction in this world. We praise you for what you accomplish. In Jesus' name, amen. We serve a God we cannot see, but we can't hear him. He has great plans for you, by the way. Our world serves a God it can see, but they don't hear him. They don't hear the God of heavens. They don't hear the God of the Bible. They hear a God that they can see. Or sorry, what they do is they see a God and they follow his directions. In the passage that we just read, a little bit of context, a little bit of background, the nation of Israel has not pleased God with their actions. In fact, they have not been serving him. And so Moses comes along, we're in the book of Deuteronomy, and he gives them the law of God a second time. He comes back around and he explains some things to them. When things got hard, they forgot about God. Back at Kadesh Barnea, we'll speak about that a bit more here in just a moment. When they had a choice of going into the promised land and having all the things that God wanted them to have, they chose instead to say, no, we can't do that. Let's run. Let's hide. They were afraid of giants. They were afraid of walls. The mountainous terrain, it was too much really what they were guilty of, along with so many of the other challenges they faced, was unbelief. You see, God's people forgot grace. And they forgot the fact that God keeps his promises. I would remind you here today, as we consider the question, what does God want from me? I would remind you today that God has and desires great things for you. As you're here in this room, as you're with me here uh, for these few moments Uh, Jesus Christ, God's son, came and he died on the cross and he took the punishment for your sins so that you could have eternal life. 
God desires that you would accept Jesus Christ to be your Savior if that hasn't taken place already. And God expects and plans to take you when you've trusted Christ as your Savior to conform you into the image of His Son. And when He does that, He will bring into your life the things that He desires to bring into your life. And you can expect that God has great things for you. God told His people that He would give them the land. Yet, they look for something else. Moses is now speaking to a new generation. What we know is that the first generation that made their way out of the land of Egypt with Moses, that generation that got to see that great waters part so they could walk through on dry ground, Moses is now speaking to their children, to another generation, and he's telling them about God's promises, but he's also giving them God's law. Moses reminds them of a foundational message, and I draw it to your attention for just a moment here today, that they, just like their parents, were sinners. They, just like their parents, had missed the mark of God's holiness, and God has a remedy God has a remedy. Moses tells them the story of their parents who were impatient and repeatedly didn't believe God. Right before this passage, he shares with them the story of the golden calf. Moses had gone up on the mountain, Mount Sinai, to receive word from the Lord. And as he goes up there on that mountain, Moses, uh, for 40 days, is up there as God takes and inscribes on stone tablets what he wants for his people. We understand that content today is the Ten Commandments. Maybe many of you in here have memorized those words. But when Moses came off the mountain, something was wrong. The people hadn't been waiting for Moses with expectation. The people had started to come up with a way to worship God their own way. They talked Moses into forming for them a golden calf similar to the, the gods of the people of Egypt before them. And Moses, in his anger and his fury, he throws those stone tablets down. He chastises the people. And now he's got to go back up on the mountain a second time. And again, while up on that mountain for all those days, God once again gives his word. Moses reminds a new generation of what the other generation had known. Moses tells them that the previous generation has made a mistake and he doesn't want them to make the same mistake. He tells them a little bit more about Kadesh Barnea, one of my favorite songs Growing up, when I was attending church as a little kid uh, in uh, junior church, was 12 men went to spy on Canaan, and some of you know the motions, 10 were bad and 2 were good. But it's more than that. Uh, there's a whole lot more. There is the city of Jericho that the spies go and see. Joshua and Caleb, they go and they spy it out. There are these individuals who go out and they look and they see all that the land has, but they say, we're not big enough. We're not powerful enough. We can't do what God wants us to do. We don't have enough strength ourselves. And by the way, in their own strength, they're right. And they choose not to have God's blessing for their life. They miss some blessings that God wants them to have because of their disobedience. In a sequence of five imperatives, Moses tells Israel again, God wants you to obey the Lord your God because loving obedience to the Lord is the key to every blessing. 
God wants you to obey the Lord your God because loving obedience is the key to every blessing. I'm not challenging you today. Hey, I want you to come and serve with us at camp, though I'd love to have you do that. No, my message this morning is I want you to obey God. I want you to obey God. I want you to hear and to see what God's direction is for your life. You might ask the question, how can you experience this, uh, these blessings of God? By obeying the same imperatives that God gave to Israel in the verses that we just read here in Deuteronomy 10, 12 and 13. Will you look with me at those verses again for just a moment? Deuteronomy 10, verses 12 and 13. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? What does God want? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I commanded thee this day for thy good. In this passage, we find five imperatives, and I don't have the time to preach a lengthy section on all five of those, so instead, I will describe them and we'll group them together. And they all tie together with, with the one that's right there in the middle, and that's the word love. Again, in verse number 12, we read fear, and then we read walk, then we read love, that's the one in the middle, and then there's serve, and there's keep. How can you experience the blessings that come from obedience? Well, by obeying the commands, the instructions of God. It says here in verse number 12, first of all, but to fear the Lord thy God. Fear, it's a reverential awe, highest reverence. It's an attitude. When I was in high school, I had a youth leader that uh, was really important to me uh, who would tell us that the fear of the Lord is a constant conscious awareness of God's presence in my life. I don't know who has been an influence in your life up to this point in time. It may be a youth pastor. It may be your parents. It may be a teacher. It may be a close friend. But that close friend, that individual that speaks to you, if they're spiritual, they'll remind you that there's a God. And reminding you that there's a God, you and I, we ought to have a high reverence for that. We ought to have a high reverence for who God is. We ought to have a high reverence for the fact that, that God is above all. God is great. And as I've already, already suggested to you this morning, God has a plan for you. By the way, little secret, he has the resources to carry out his plan. He has the resources to carry out his plan. But if you and I are going to find what God wants for us, then we need to make sure that we have the right attitude towards him. And that attitude is one of respect. You've heard it said probably a lot of times as it relates to the fear of the Lord that God doesn't want you to be afraid of him. And surely this morning, I don't want you to be afraid of God. But if you're running from him, if you're not doing what he wants you to do, there ought to be a healthy, perhaps, recognition of the fact that God has the resources to get our attention. God has the resources to judge fear. That's what God wants from his people, a reverential awe, if you will, the highest respect. But it goes on to say, not just but to fear the Lord thy God, and I hope that he is your God today, but to walk in his ways. Walk, the life of faith, is frequently in the Bible compared to a walk. 
both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. In fact, the idea is one of progress. I don't regularly move around a lot when I speak, but, but I'm going to step away for just a second. When we talk about walking, we, we take steps, one step at a time. In fact, that's what the Christian life is like, taking those steps one step at a time. Sometimes we call it sanctification, that process by which we become more like Jesus Christ, taking a step and a step and a step and a step and another step. The Christian life is referred to so often in the Bible as being like a walk. And so we read from the Old Testament that what God's desire for his people, another generation of people who are hearing the truth, walk in all his ways. We have to admit we're rather privileged being here at Pensacola Christian. Just so many things that are quite amazing around here. Facilities, the staff, the opportunities, the number of people that you have to get to know, the number of people that we develop relationships and friendships with. The Lord truly has blessed us. We walk in His ways. There are plenty of individuals here who can encourage you. There are plenty of individuals here who who can rub rub shoulders with you as iron sharpens iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. But, But sometimes there are individuals perhaps that get in our way as we walk. God wants for you and me to walk in his ways. In order to walk in his ways, we have to know what his ways are. And all of that is tied up here in the instruction and the direction. God wants us to obey. But then we make our way to that next word, that next imperative, and to love. When I say imperative, uh, there are some of you in here who are far better at grammar than I am. I I am not unaware that there's an infinitive there, and it's even an infinitive in Hebrew. I love the Hebrew language. I love spending time with it. The force of it, though, is command. What do you do to please God? Well, it's to love Him. To love Him. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. The love here is a loving respect that comes from the heart. It fulfills the law. In the Scripture, probably the greatest motivation that you and I are provided is love. It's possible that a person would simply stay away from something because if you do it, you're going to get punished. Sometimes in the Bible, people will do things that they do because they expect to be rewarded for it. Even others still will step up and they'll do their duty. There's something as a motivation that's far greater than all of that, and that is to love. Commandments, statutes, rules. Sometimes when we hear those words, In our mind, there's a negative context. But that's not the way the Bible presents the law of God. That's not the way the Bible presents God's commandments. In fact, quite the opposite. They're not negative. They're demonstrations of love. When you and I accept what God has to say, we embrace it and we begin to contemplate how we can put that into our life as an action. If you love me, again, Jesus said, keep my commandments out of love but we read also but to fear the lord thy god to walk in his ways to love him and to serve the lord thy god with all thy heart and with all thy soul you see as i 
place my attention, as I place my focus on what God wants for me, something changes inside of me. There is surely something different in me today than there was on the day when I first accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I, I accepted the Lord when I was young. I was about five years old. I was sitting at the kitchen table, and my mom led me to the Lord. But then I had an opportunity to grow, as all of you have had an opportunity to grow. Uh, physically, I, I'm no longer a five-year-old. Physically, things have changed. And as I grew and as I had the opportunity, my knowledge of a lot of things have changed. But I'd like to think that one of those things that changed is that my appreciation for who God is, that love for God, it grew and as it grew, I looked for ways to put it into practice. And that love for God, it motivated me. And we read here, to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. That part of you that's on the inside. That part of you that clearly understands that there is a God. Recognizes what that God did for you in love by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you. And has in return embraced him. Because you love him. And one of the demonstrations that you love him is that it will affect what you do. And in this case, what God expected of the nation of Israel was service. Have you thought about what God wants you to do? The question today, what does God want from me? You know what he wants from you? He wants you to love him. In fact, the greatest commandment, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, we read but the loving of the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind results in activity and that service. Now, uh, coming alongside of a little kid who doesn't know Jesus Christ as his or her Savior and getting the chance to be the one who shares Jesus, that's amazing. That may not be God's command for you for this coming summer, but that's a way to serve. On a weekly basis, the, the different Bible clubs and the different Christian services that we have here on campus, maybe any particular one of those is not the place where God wants you to be, but you would have a hard time convincing me that if you place your heart into it as an expression of your love for God, that God will be displeased with that. In fact, that's an opportunity for service. God wants that which you, which you and I have embraced, that which you and I have taken in, that which you and I have understood. He wants us then to put it into action. It's easy to serve him if we love him. In fact, this right here is not just worship when we think about gathering together in a great big room like this on a Sunday morning, but it's also daily life. So often people will come up to me and they have questions about, what does God want me to do? I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do, but God has revealed to me today what he wants me to do today. I, I can always look to God's word and find out that there is, that there are commandments, that there are instructions, that there are truths that I can embrace. And in doing that, I put into practice today what God has told me. And if I do that today, and I'm willing to do that tomorrow, God begins to make crystal clear what his desire is for my life every day. All your heart, all your soul, that right there is what the service is. H how do I know whether or not I am a person who has accepted what God wants for me? H how can I demonstrate that I love God? It's by serving him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. But the fifth one of these, I've presented them as imperatives 
In the Hebrew language, a way of conveying that is by way of infinitive is to keep the commandments of the Lord. To keep. Keeping his commandments is not a challenge if we love him. Keeping the commandments is not a challenge if we love him. See, it's because we have our hearts and our minds fixed on him. Maybe we've sang the song together, keeping our hearts and our minds fixed on Jesus. Did you notice at the end of verse number 13 that there's a question? Which I command thee this day for thy good? When you and I keep his commandments, it's because God wants it for our good. I suggested to you as we started here this morning that Moses was presenting five imperatives, five instructions to the people of Israel, telling them that God wanted them to obey the Lord their God because loving obedience to the Lord is the key to that blessing. God wants to bless you. God wants you to experience what it's like to be in fellowship with him. God wants you to have everything in this life that, that he would expect for you. But it does require for you to participate. It does require for you to respond to him. Yes, Lord. I hear what you have for me. Yes, Lord, I'm willing to accept your word. Yes, Lord, I, I'm willing to walk in it. Yes, Lord, I, I love you. Yes, Lord, I'll serve you. And I'll keep your commandments. All these together demonstrate total commitment. By the way, it's the only way to survive. It could be that you are having a particularly rough day today. And I would suggest to you that the way to survive is by embracing what God says. I'm so glad that God does not leave us wondering what he wants for us. God wants you to obey the Lord your God because loving obedience is the key to all those blessings. The question that I ask you this morning as we, we, we come to the end of our looking at the passage of Scripture is this. Will you accept the challenge that God gave Israel? Which is, obey Him today. You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.